Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a week that was. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Leafs Weekender brought to you by our friends at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Check out their puck off Lagerdale. It's the big beer for the big game. And this week, while there was a lot of games, but not a lot of winning going on. But before we jump into that, guys, Leafs Nation is in a frenzy. Holy smokes. It's Fire Keith. It's Trey Living sucks. Dubas should have stayed. Hey, did you know it's 500K more to keep Ryan O'Reilly and Bunting? over Mr. Domi and Bertuzzi. Everything that can be figured out right now is being figured out by Leaf fans and just laid out there on the table. And by the way, I don't care what anyone says, Klingberg, you are a pylon and an iceberg for the Leafs defense. I do not care. That guy, if he's not putting up points, there's no use for him. And if you're running him out there for 25 freaking minutes, holy shit, you're in trouble. Because that guy is not supposed to see 25 minutes. I told you guys, I told you guys that I wasn't going to get this close, but I'm going to get close. What did we all say at the beginning of the year? This was going to freaking happen. Welcome to Leafs Nation, where everybody hits the panic button. We're still third in the Atlantic. I've never heard of anybody hitting a panic button before. I don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) Dill. Just smash it, just smash it. <laughs> so who are your top candidates for coach? I, I've seen Patrick Waugh. I've seen Bruce Boudreaux already. Gerard uh, Gallant. I, I mean, they're all there. Yeah, <laughs> they're Babcock's all there. They're, they're sitting waiting. Uh, no Babcock, sorry. Uh, Mike Babcock's available, I don't know. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> let's roll through the week that was. So the LA yeah. King game, absolute gong show. Leafs come off that road trip where they were pretty successful, by the way, was a pretty good showing by the Maple Leafs on that road trip. But they come back, they face the Chrome Domes, and they end up just laying an absolute egg. Nothing was cohesive. Passes weren't going the right way. The skating looked like garbage. Everything across the board was just not there. It was insane, that game. It just sucked from start to finish. And it really sucked the life out of Leafs Nation. And that's when the first frenzy of hands reached for panic buttons. But the LA King game, guys, what do you think? Where are your thoughts? Let's break it down just a little bit. Because to me, it was a game 
that was so disjointed, but then was just so swept under the rug. Like, oh, it happens. Uh, let's move on to the next one. You know, that's what that's the way Keith was about it. And to me, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, there should be some critique here. If your team comes off that road trip, I know you're tired. I know that you're trying to get your legs back at home. But a game like that, that that is just so embarrassing. There's got to be some sort of message sent from the coach. And he basically was just like, ah, no worries, guys. No problem. We got 74 more to go. Don't worry about it. Sweep it away. See you later. That's what he I did. I don't think that's that's not a very good Sheldon Keefe impression. <laughs> well, I got to get my own voice on it because if I went Sheldon Keefe, I don't know. I might be booed out of town too. So, oh, That's yeah. Funny. Well, if it was Mike Babcock, you would have said, you know what? These are uh, these are good men and they're good players. Uh, but good men. Uh, but no, uh, that was a that was a rough one. But you know, the one thing that bothered me the most, and I think you kind of mentioned it, James, kind of got shoved under the rug for some reason. Uh, Carlo Koliakovo mentioned it on on his show on TSN radio. Uh, he said this was a scheduled loss for the team because they were on a long road trip and this was their first game back at home. Uh, and you know what? Those are tough. You know, you get back home and you have a few days, uh, a couple days with your family and you're you're spending a lot of time with your family and you're trying to make up for lost time. And, uh, you know, it's a tough one for the guys because it's a scheduled loss. And I just think that's such garbage, to be honest. I mean, uh, it should be the opposite. I mean, you're you're back at home. You should be refreshed. You should feel good. You should have a couple of days of good prep, and then get back out there in front of your home crowd for the first time and and give a good effort. Like I, so I was I was really torn on this one because, like you said, everyone just kind of shrugged it off as if it was normal uh, and not a big deal. And I will say, I mean, let's be honest, guys. LA is a good team. Uh, we said this before the season started in our season preview video uh, where we were talking about other other divisions and stuff. LA is a good team. Uh, they have good players. They have a good group. They have, you know, pretty much a little bit of everything in every category. Uh, but it just, it, it, John Tavares was the only guy who did anything out there. Uh, and it was just disappointing overall to kind of mm -hmm. see, uh, the effort and hopefully it was a bit of a wake up call, but let's get into the other games too, because <laughs> at some point I know Dylan, you need to say some stuff too, but it was a weird, 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 weird start to the week. Uh, and I hope there's more lessons learned from that than it seems that there was. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I was at work, of course, <laughs> like I am normally, but um, I didn't hear too much ruckus about it. And normally I hear ruckus about a loss. So it, like it does speak for itself in, in saying that there wasn't much talk of it after. Um, it looked like a very disappointing game, to be honest. Um, at least Neil Ender extended his point streak. That was really about it. But um I don't know. When I look at Cam Talbot, like, yes, he's an NHL goalie, but I kind of expected more from our team going at Cam Talbot, considering like we're, we were kind of used to playing him when he was here in Ottawa. But, you know, things happen. They are coming off a road trip in quotations. Like, I just see that as an excuse, really. Um, but um, I really don't know how to feel. Like, L.A. is – they're kind of molding into the team that is trying to do what Toronto has done uh, or did this past playoffs. They they're trying to get out of the first round too. So they're a very competitive team and they are very, very uh, deep in the forward group that is. So I, I didn't expect anything less from, from LA, but um, sloppy, sloppy game from the boys for sure. Yeah, it's no, it's no fun 
for a game like that. And I don't care about scheduled losses. You come in, you put in your best effort, you know, against a team like LA that you should be able to beat. Uh, they talked about all the ways that they could beat them. And then you go in and look at that game and it comes out that effort. I, I just don't like it. I don't like the optics of it. You come back home, you should be able to get some jump in your step and do some things. And for Sheldon Keefe, put the guys together that are rolling. Because when you come back, you need some energy. Guess who was rolling that night? Noah Gregor. Put him with John Tavares. Guess who was rolling that night? Max Domi had a little bit of pop to his step. Put those three together. Just try to create something to get everyone else rolling. But he's not doing that. And it pisses me off. I mean, I made the post already, and we'll talk about this later on, about the lines I wanted to see. And boy, did I get a Christmas gift because we're seeing them tomorrow, which is great except for Robertson. But I look at it and say that's ridiculous. And then it bleeds into the Boston game because, you know, you started with the national game, went to L.A., sloppy start, and then we got the Boston game. And I will tell you this. Guys, you know I harp on this all the time. The face-off thing, Austin Matthews won this many draws against the Boston Bruins. David Camp, don't even talk about it. Pontus Holmberg, not even on the record. It's ridiculous. How do you not win draws? You are the bottom two face-off guys on this roster for a reason. You're a third energy line for Pontus Holmberg. You want to be in this lineup and stay in this lineup? Well, guess what? You've already lost your spot, by the way, like we're going to talk about. But Pontus Holmberg needs to win those draws, and he wasn't. Guess who did win draws at a very high clip in both of those games? Hello, Max Domi, come on down, because you're 78.6% on the dot this season, and you replicated that last night, which is great for him, and he will be a good third C. But against the Boston Bruins, this is the team you want to measure up against who is doing really good for some freaked-off reason they lose their two best centers, and they're still 8-0-1 going into that game. Redonkulous. Can this team just friggin' falter already and fall <laughs> off the earth? It just won't happen. But the Leafs bring nothing first period. The thing with Marshan, which is I don't care what anybody says, it's Marshan. We know it's Greece, period. He's done these things before. If he hadn't done those things before, it wouldn't be something we focus in on too, too much. But I also look at it like this and say, if it was any other Boston Bruin player, would be that would we be that mad? Probably not. We'd want a response. And by the way, they had a they had a closed door meeting about the response or lack thereof against the Boston Bruins. They had a closed door meeting to say that that wouldn't happen. High last night happened, and I didn't see a whole lot of pop and circumstance out of nobody for when any hit was happening, and I didn't see a whole lot of jam out of anybody which is what you want to see out of the snot, piss, and vinegar guys who are supposed to be in this lineup. But to go back to the Boston game, they tie it up. The two guys, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, take the team on their back, get it tied up. Hey, we got a point. And that's all anybody was talking about outside of the Marchand thing was, hey, we got a point against Boston. We battled back. Great. Glad to see it. Happy to see it. But you shouldn't have had that crappy of a start. Yeah, and yeah, for me, James, if I, if I can, yeah, sorry, oh. sorry, Doug. Um, nope. This this one for me was it wasn't as bad. I didn't mind the Boston game in general as much as a lot of people did. Uh, I will say that the the Marchand thing bothered me, and the thing that bothered me the most about it was we saw a lot of nothing afterwards. A lot of nothing. Uh, there was there was no pushback whatsoever in that regard. Uh, but the thing that bothered me the most of all of it was after the game uh, 
Sheldon Keefe said, I think there was a quote that I saw and I, I was blown away when I saw it and I saw it late. It was one of those posts when you're from two days ago or something and it pops up for you. And it was Sheldon Keefe. And I think it was, I was frustrated that I didn't see more. And then it said on the lack of response after the Marchand thing. And I was like, Sheldon, that that's your job. You're the one that you're the one that's supposed to tell them to go do something about it. You're, you're the guy who can send Ryan Reeves onto the ice or who can do whatever. And then I saw a quote from Ryan Reeves that was like, yeah, Marchand's just lucky. I wasn't out there on the ice with him. It's like, well, we'll get there, get out there on the ice with them. Like tell, tell your coach, put me out there. I'm going to go do something about this. But no, we saw nothing. Uh, now I did see one other quote and this was the one that kind of settled me down a little bit was, uh, it was from John Tavares, of course, our master of uh, of reasoning and logic, uh, and you know, a little bit of rationale. A, lot, eh? a little bit of rationale from the captain, which is probably a good thing. Uh, but he said something along the lines of, "Yes, as a group, we want to be able to push back more, but we also, as a group, know we have to stay disciplined because if we get into penalty trouble, that's worse than you know whatever." And and okay, but at the same time, John, come on, it's it's uh, it's November. Uh, this is the time of the season where you go out and you get suspensions so that later in the season, the message has been sent and you can be more disciplined down the stretch. So to me, I'm calling a little bit of BS on this one. Uh, this is the time where you should be pushing back undisciplined. Like this is the time you're allowed to be undisciplined early in the season. Set the tempo, set the tone, send a that message. That was my to argument. That's what league. I've been saying. Why would you not? You have 30 other teams watching this game. Saying yes. they just took out one of their defenders and they did nothing to Boston. What are you going to do to me? It's like Ryan Reeves yeah. used to say to players, what are you going to do? What are you, They're going to do nothing. We know nothing. now the Leafs yeah. will do nothing. Their spines, they're spineless. Done. Just go get suspended. So I, I, I want to see this. This might, what are we doing later in the, we're doing the week that will be coming up next. The week that will, someone go get suspended. That's all, that's all I want. Whether it's the Bolts, the Sens, the Flames, the Canucks, go go do something stupid and get suspended. That's all I want to see this week. I'm telling you guys. So I don't care about the wins. I just want someone to get suspended. And that's the weirdest thing I think I've ever said. Just yeah, go man. and set a damn tone. Show that you guys have pushback. Game one and game two, what did we see out of the Leafs? We saw them scrumming it up. We saw guys grabbing guys out of the pile. We saw the eagle Giordano flying down and cracking yeah. someone. We saw Ryan Reeves getting into scraps and doing the things that we wanted to see out of Ryan Reeves, and that's why we so vadimly defended him on this show about what he was going to bring. And since that point, boy, have we looked like idiots. Yeah, because yeah. He has done absolutely nothing. Bertuzzi hasn't brought any fight. There's been no hits from anyone. There just hasn't been. It's ridiculous. But, Daly, what do you think of the Boston game? Well, this one I actually got to watch, at least majority <clears throat> of it. I caught the uh, first two periods and I left during the third for a little bit, but it was a sloppy first period. A hundred percent. I thought now I think the uh, DeBrusque goal was like a fast break. So I think that other than that, like the second period was actually very, very solid. Um, I don't, I want to eat my words here in saying that like, I don't know why, anyone ever really doubted the Boston Bruins because they have a great coach that he knows how to push these players in the right direction. He has found a rookie magically to come up and, and play in the first line with the big boys. And 
their goalies are just playing at the, how they did last year. Like it, it's, it's frightening, honestly, to be honest. Um, this division I thought was going to get like break apart from the top three of Toronto, Boston and Tampa. And now I'm questioning everything at this point, but we'll see obviously as the, as the season goes on. Um, I don't know this. I, I hate Brad Marchand. It's simple as that, but like, <laughs> yeah, we like really like it, it's just comical to a certain degree. Like, he gets away with so much, even not against the Leafs. Like he's just, that's just his demeanor. And, and sometimes he gets suspended. Sometimes he doesn't, but he goes to the limits to see how far he can go with things and he gets away with it. And that's just how he plays the game. Um, to be honest, I don't, I don't think he deserves a C in any league possible, but I don't know. Somehow they just get going. And I hate to say this. I do really hate to say this. I do actually like their jerseys. I think it's. I I actually made this comment the other day in a group chat. I actually love Boston's jerseys this year. I think it's only like the brown to it. It's really just vintage for me. And I'm just like, this looks great, but I would never purchase one because I tried purchasing a Bobby Orr shirt and I never, ever wore it. I had to give it away. I was just like, I can't do this. You know, I, I worked for the Estevan Bruins in the, the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League for a couple of years, and that kind of slowed me down on my hatred towards the jerseys themselves because I had to love them for a couple of years because yeah. uh, we had the same jerseys, basically. And uh, so, like, to see their re, their renewed look, uh, really going retro, but also making it kind of modern looking, I yeah. actually really, really like their jerseys yeah. this year. I, I, and I, I, and I, told my, I told my Bruins buddy, um, Max, who on TikTok, if you know him, TKD Max BJJ, um, we're in a group chat and another group chat. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, I kind of like their jerseys a lot yeah. this year. And he was like, I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I hate so. to say it on our show, but um, yeah, they look great. Um, honestly, I feel like we really let down Samson off. And I don't know. I was going to say that same thing, Dale. Yeah. Like, oh. I, I really don't know if it's we just play better in front of Wool and or he has more confidence. So it puts more confidence in the in the defenseman. But like, to be fair, like Samsonov looked like he was flopping a lot and he he wasn't having confidence. So it feels like he wasn't. Man, Samsonov was one of the players I didn't have an issue with in that Boston game. No, no but at points you can. At points, you can see that he's out of position, and he he wasn't last year. Like he, if something's going from this side to this side, sometimes he's not getting his angles down right, and he's getting caught in a bad position. Uh, it's nothing on him. I obviously it's something he has to tweak throughout the season. But I know that Leafs Nation is really hard on him right now, and everybody's like, "Wolves are number one, no ifs, ands, and buts." And he ha- he has proved it in in nine games, but. Have we talked about the scared. Buffalo game yet? <laughs> we're, gonna, we're getting there in just a minute. But at a certain point, like things, you have highs and lows throughout any season. Every single human being in the league has highs and lows throughout it. Um, I just feel really bad that it looks like the team does better in front of Wool at times, and Samsonov looks like he's getting pushed to the back of role. That's all I really want to say. We'll see as it goes. I mean, we have four games this week, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, 
I look at the uh, the Buffalo Sabres game as a game where you can say Joel came it. back to earth, so to speak, yeah. with uh, a lot of things. But there were a couple goals within that game that I was like, all right, that's not his fault. The one off the shoulder of Tuck, that just is an unfortunate happenstance. Here's my big problem. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, if you're listening, I don't know if you are, but if you ever do they are. a clip, they watch every single Leafs podcast, actually. When you are at your own blue line, I'm sure this is taught to you at a very young age. Why, in God's green earth, would are you, you decide, if you're Austin Matthews, to swing it over to Mitch Marner when you see Tage Thompson right there at your own blue line and allow him to go in? By the way, that happened not once, not twice, but three times in the playoffs. That exact same play on their blue line, and it led to goals before. Here's the thing. Get it out of your own zone. Get it into their area of the ice, and then go ahead and make a pass to your buddy. But don't make a three-foot pass with Tate Thompson in between you because bad things happen, and they did. And Wool got scored on, and he knocked it into his own net because he tried to scramble and get it. But that play right there, that was a back breaking play in that game because every time the Leafs decided to say hey we're going to tie it up they gave one right back up they just could not stop the bleeding and a lot of it was John Klingberg being on the ice for it go look back at the goals he's on the ice I was like it seemed like he was on the ice all night John Klingberg was there he played over 25 minutes last night how is that a possibility? He's not providing you anything. And I know you need a warm body, but he's not providing anything. And he was the direct reason the empty net goal was scored. He shot it into the shin pads. Mm-hmm. And, and, it was and you know what? You know, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things that, that picked me off about that empty net goal. And I mean, this isn't the be all end all of why they lost the game. It's the empty net goal. But yeah. Nylander was right there and he kind of just like poked at it and then stopped skating a little bit. Klingberg, had he just taken the body on Tuck, would have allowed William Nylander to at least, even if, even if he didn't knock Tuck down because he's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, but if he would have just bumped into him instead of trying to play the puck with his stick, mm-hmm. uh, Nylander would have been able to be- win the puck race because he would have had enough foot speed to beat Alex Tuck to the puck. So had John Klingberg just played the body, which would have been legal because the puck was right there, mm-hmm. uh, it would have at least stopped his momentum enough that William Nylander could have won the puck battle. And at least he would have got the puck back into the zone. They would have had one more chance at it for sure, at least a couple more chances. Uh, so <laughs> that's my biggest gripe with John Klingberg from the game. Yeah, I don't think he had a great game and whatever. And uh, I know that we're going back to the Boston game, but I know that one goal – uh, was directly a result of him just kind of not doing anything, uh, mm-hmm. and so like I, I'm totally on the on the team James here with the whole Klingberg thing. But we have to remember too. Uh, let's just remember Lilligren wasn't playing, McCabe wasn't playing, Geo had a lot of opportunity or a lot of extra ice time himself. He was, you know, Geo. We love him. He's a third pair guy. We, uh, he, and he was getting a lot of responsibility. I think Klingberg is going to be a third pair guy very shortly as well. Well, he was being a third pair guy. You have to remember when McCabe and, and Lilligren uh, were in the lineup, uh, Klingberg was on the third pair uh, with Giordano for a while there. So we just got to get some guys healthy and he will be back down. But we had Max Lejoie and William Legison in the lineup. By the way, not hating William Legison. Can I just say that? 
He uh, threw a nice body check there. I like that. Yeah, he's, he's okay. Up. He I'm looks okay like someone him. else. I don't know who he looks like, but I get like oh, when totally. I just have a first glance at him, he looks like somebody else. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I had similar thoughts. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm I don't mind those two guys, but at the same time. Uh, that's why Klingberg was getting a ton of ice time. I saw him out there with Morgan Riley several times. Oh, I know. Trust um, me. I, I know, you know why he's getting the ice time. It just sucks that he has to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure. And I, I think uh, this is definitely going to be a good, I guess, eye-opening experience, an eye-opening stretch of time for Brad Tree Living, I think, as a general manager to really assess what he has. Um, and you know what? One thing, too, with we're, we're talking Klingberg and we're talking um, let's get rid of Klingberg or whatever, uh, it, it's probably not going to happen. And I know and we all love to get people out of town as fast as possible in this fan base. Uh, Look how long it, it took to get rid of Hull. <laughs> well, hey, and I wish he was here. Me too. Wouldn't we have, wouldn't we have liked him this last week? <laughs> um, but no, it's probably not going to happen just because that's not how the league works. It doesn't happen quickly. And so many teams are in cap hell right now to move a $4 million contract is just hard to do. So we'll, we'll chill out on that a little bit. I know that me want to diminish his role a little bit and fine. Uh, but the one thing too, that I've noticed with Klingberg is really interesting is he's, he's built as this power play guru, this offensive defenseman guru. Um, and I noticed a lot and I was talking to my buddy again, I bring up my buddy Dylan, who's not this Dylan a lot, but my, we were talking about uh, Klingberg and I noticed a lot on the power play. And he mentioned it at the end of the game that the guys don't necessarily want to pass to him. Have you guys noticed this? Uh, especially on that empty net goal, Nylander could have passed to Klingberg like three times, but he held on to it every it. single time. And just it didn't look like he wanted to give it to him. And then as soon as he gave it to him, shot into the shin pads, empty net goal. And I was and I've also noticed several times that you know how the Leafs patented power play where they get to the blue line, drop pass it back. I've seen like 12 to 15 times where Klingberg will get to the blue line and pass it forward. And then that player will immediately pass it back. Like they're, they're almost like, no, John, we're not doing that. We're doing yeah. the drop pass. Like he's, he's, he's immune to passing it backwards. He can only pass it forwards. And it, I've noticed it so many times where like, he'll give it to Tavares and Tavares will instantly put pass it back to Marner or he'll give it to who like Matthews or whoever. And it'll yeah, instantly speed, go back. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, John, we're doing the drop pass. What do stop it? <laughs> like that's almost, I can see them saying it almost. And uh, so I just don't know if I, 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 and I said this to you guys earlier, there is a human element to this. It does take longer than we give these guys credit for to acclimate to new teams. Bertuzzi, Klingberg, and Domi have all been on multiple teams in the last 18 months. Uh, and there's a lot going on for these guys. And I, okay. I, it's hard to say, you know, like give these guys a bit of some slack, you know, because they're humans too. Because we all expect these guys to be these human robot type of professionals. And that why should it be mm -hmm. taking them this long? It takes some time for some guys to learn some stuff. And, uh, you know, I think um, Biz Nasty said it, you know, Bertuzzi's a guy who takes 20 games to get going and then just look out. Um, so, I mean, I, 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 it's hard to see it from that lens, but I think as a fan base at the same time, I think we all need to kind of take a step back and just say, you know what, these guys have been traveling a lot. They've been seeing a lot of new environments. They've been in three or four different systems in the last couple of years yeah. uh, each. And we need to just let them kind of settle in. And that's harder to do than 
then we it's, it's easier to say than do. But uh, I, I'm trying to do that myself a little bit. Yeah, yeah let's I, see what happens. As you guys were chit chatting there, I was watching the highlights. And yeah, Klingberg was on like literally on the ice for every single goal. Like, oh yeah, really, no, oh, yeah. Really James bad. James nailed it. No, James yeah. isn't wrong. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I didn't get yeah. to watch the games, and I forgot to watch the highlights yesterday. So it, it's kind of sad seeing that. Yeah. Um, but I will say this: was... I think Connor Timmins can really usurp him as a the player that we wanted him to be. I think Connor Timmins will be that guy once he's back and healthy, and it looks like he's about a week away from joining regular practices so i would love to see him it does sound like timothy Lilligren will be a while till he comes back we'll, we'll talk about him on the gbu but guys that was the week that was the week that will be is a busy one for the maple leafs obviously bolt sends flames and canucks we'll go around the table here and we'll see what everybody's record is i'm going to kick it off first i'm going to say two one and one for the maple leafs this week i think they beat the bolts they beat the sends they get a point out of the Flames game, and then they lose to the Canucks because Canucks are absolutely a wagon. But uh, I think the Flames will put up a, a test. And when um, when a team's going through some things or needs something to happen, you know, it seems like the Leafs are that uh, tonic that comes in and allows a team to get a victory or fix something that's ailing them. So I think the Flames will uh, use that to their advantage and hang one on the Leafs there. But I think the Leafs will battle enough where they get at least one point out of it. So two, one, and one for me. Clarky Monroe, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say two and two just kind of feels right. Um, very similar, though. Uh, I would love to see them have a couple of really good games against the Bolts and the Sens specifically. Uh, and then whatever happens against those Western teams, you know, it is what it is. But I would really like to see them kind of after what we just saw for a week against uh, Boston and Buffalo uh, to come out against two more division rivals, uh, you know, who are also having ups and down seasons. You know, they're all, it's a weird season for the Sens. There's a lot going on with them uh, and the Bolts, you know, the whole Stamkos thing. There's all this, you know, stuff going on with them, uh, but they're still Tampa. I would like to see two really good games against them. And like I said, just go get suspended against the Flames and the Canucks. Somebody do something, go get suspended. Just do go something nuts. interesting. Yeah. Do go it nuts. against the Sens, the pesky Sens. You know, or that, that should sure. be a yeah, play. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, um, just do something to to spark spark something. But I have if they I could if they could have really really good games just against the Bolts and the Sens, I'll be happy for the week. I want go ahead, Jilly. I want to say two one and one, but I like honestly, uh, no, I can't. No, I don't know. I was gonna say we we seem to fail against the Senators, but uh, Corpusalo is shit in the bed right now so i can't even say that The whole team yeah. is in trouble man yeah dark cloud um, returned the bolts i think we can get more past what's his face yeah i'll go i'll go two oh and two i'll be different Ooh. all <laughs> right all right we'll see who is right when it comes around to next week but speaking about who is right our friends over at the Hockey Podcast Network, they got a deal going on with our buddies over at DraftKings, and we have this beautiful script that I need to read, but unfortunately, it's not loading, which oh, is always darn. a great, great thing. So, Dylan, if yours loads before mine loads, feel free to do the ad read, but I will just chattering <laughs> until it goes. Um, yeah, absolutely crazy. But um, one thing I want to touch on before I do the ad read here is um, our guy, we talked about him, Mark Giordano actually had to have a 
quote unquote rest day today because he was doing too much uh, and he's tired. Um, they said they gave him the day off just to feel good and be ready and refreshed for the next set of games. What do you guys think of that while this thing loads up? Yeah, you know what? I kind of mentioned earlier, he got a lot of ice time the last couple of games with injuries, so I don't, I don't mind this at all. I kind of hope they would give him a game off here and there. I think we talked about this before the season started with him this year. It's just there's been too many injuries, so that's not possible right now, but uh, you know, it'd be really nice if they could give him a night or two off in the next stretch here just so they don't burn him out too early, and then we get to what we saw at the end of the year last year where you know he just looked burnt out. Uh, and uh, a good Mark Giordano... Uh, will go a long way for this team down the stretch and into the playoffs. Uh, he is still a very important player. I think he can still provide a lot of value. Uh, and I just he just needs to not be uh, shoved into a situation where he's playing 25 minutes a night. He needs to be a 16 to 20 minute a night guy uh, at this point in his career. And I think he'll be very productive and very valuable. Dilly? Yeah. Uh, I think Gio's at the point where, like, he can hop up in times during the season, and then I think we got to diminish it just before the playoffs and then kind of push it again. But uh, Gio is a freaking warrior, man. The guy is 40 years old and still playing in the league of – He's a grown. Filled with boys half his age. He's, he knows how to play, and he's a, he's a gamer for sure. I know he was a late bloomer too, but um, definitely, definitely uh, utilize him when we can. And – you know, if he starts to slack off a bit, then cut cut the minutes a bit. Yeah, well, speaking of slacking off a bit, I mean, let's slack off on the script here for our friends over at the Hockey Podcast Network. We got it now. Uh, they got partnered up with DraftKings. The NFL season is going strong in DraftKings Sportsbook. It's hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger than G or Dano playing late into his 40s. Uh, bet five bucks on any game this week and score $200 in instant bonus bets. Any DraftKings offer is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this November. Get in on the DraftKings greatness. DraftKings, download the app. Sportsbook through now. Use the code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's the code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is yours. For your problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino NKS. Licensee partner of the Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for terms, eligibility, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And by the way, during the entire ad read, my screen was shaking because Slack is not loading properly. So all the words were going like this. So bouncing me around. So there we go. Get in there. Hit the code THPN with DraftKings. You know what it is. Get her done. Get her over with. Um, let's swing a round to the GBU, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, the good this week, Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. He uh, leads the league in goal scoring right now. Uh, looking good again. 
needs to get that face-off prowess down just a little <laughs> bit better. Uh, you can't go on a big goose egg for an entire game. That doesn't look so good. Yo, Quite I saw that, I saw that Ryan Reeves had a higher percentage than Austin Matthews. Oh. <laughs> he won one. Listen, listen so. hey, Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly, by the way, too, scoring all these goals. Calm down. Okay? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Go somewhere with yourself. I know it's not sustainable. But anyways. It helps being on the top line, you know. <laughs> Austin Matthews, my friends, I would say is the good this week. Anybody else got something good for the Maple Leafs? Yeah. Uh, one guy I wanted to just kind of shout out, you mentioned him earlier in the show that he was kind of clicking a little bit. I'm really liking Noah Gregor. And oh, maybe yeah. this is my this is my WHL bias because he's a WHL or he's champion uh, no in bias. the WHL. Uh, I've seen him yeah, a lot in, in junior. I saw, I saw him a lot and, uh, I just feel like he's fitting a lot of what they need in that bottom six. And, you know, he scored the first goal of the season for the team. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, but I love his speed. I love, you know, he's got a good forechecking sense and I think he's got a lot to offer this team. So I really do like what he's offering so far. Uh, I haven't, you haven't seen him maybe get scrappy yet. Uh, but I think that element is there in him, and I think he's, it'll come with time. Um, the more he gets uh, gelled with this team, the more chemistry he has in, with the team, I think you'll maybe see that side come out a little bit more, that Western Canadian blue-collar uh, part of him. Uh, but I think what he's shown so far is that he deserves to be on that fourth line at least. And I would even argue by you know this week, we, we talked about this week that will be, uh, he might supplant Holmberg on that third line, even depending on how things go, uh, if they don't call up Robertson or somebody like that. But I really do like the idea of uh, him in the fourth line, at least. And uh, I think he's fitting really well. He's definitely he definitely has speed when when he'd be in on a fourth line that lacks it very, very much. Um, My good is the continuous streak of William Nylander. That that man, I thought. I thought he was going to shit the bed, but we all know in contract years, somebody has to step up. So Willie knew that it was his time to shine. So uh, I, I'm actually curious how long this streak is going to go, but that's my good for the week. All right, my bad in this one here, it's the PK. The PK has been something that I've been jumping on. Now, they looked a little bit better last night, but still got scored on. That PK is the bottom half of the league. I think they were 24th last night going into the game. Uh, they were as far down as 27th, which I know three spots doesn't sound like a lot, but in the NHL it definitely is. And those points percentages, really, when you start dropping like that, it's goals being scored on you. Those are literal reasons why your point percentage is going down. So I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and say the PK, which was very middle of the pack last year, I would take that right now. To what it is right now. They just, I know they want to integrate Matthews. I know they want to integrate Marner more. I know they're using Willie and different guys, but you need PKers. And you're talking about a guy like Noah Gregor. That's a guy that I want to see there. Staple him beside Camp and make that your PK. Camp wins the draw. Gregor does all the work, grinds it off the wall, whatever you need to do. Jake McCabe, I know he's not there and he's one of their big BK defensemen, but the PK is sorely been out of sorts all season long and that for me is the bad because if your special teams cannot bail you out your games are going to be long and we've seen it so far this season yeah and i i mean james i i said to an x factor before the season started i think it was on that episode that we had 
Uh, we had a guest on, we were talking about X factors, but I was saying, I said that the PK was going to be one of those things. If they could get back to the way that they were two or three years ago, where they had a top 10 penalty kill uh, and last year it slipped away a little bit. And then, like you said, this year, it's been kind of weak. Um, I'm going to put David camp in my bad this week. Um, I just, something about this guy, it doesn't seem like he's really contributing a whole lot. And uh, there's a lot of people calling for him. Uh, it's, it's happening already. He's off the third line. He was on the third line there for a couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, he's just he's been not a third liner. He's been a non-factor. Uh, and I'm hoping that putting him back on the fourth line gets him back in the element that we saw him in last year, where he was so productive and, and good and reliable down there. Uh, maybe his face-offs come back. Maybe that penalty kill prowess comes back. I don't know. But whatever was going on on that third line was not working with him. Uh, and I'm glad to see they've made the change because it just wasn't – nothing was happening. It was no. it was almost giving me Pierre Engvall vibes. Remember my Pierre Engvall thing was that just like nothing happened when he was on the ice? Sometimes that's okay because it means the other team's not doing much. But in this regard, it was just not – like nothing was happening at all. No, it was bad. I I fully agree with you on David Camp. I mean, I look at him like this too, Clark. I didn't mind what he was being paid previous years, you know, and it brought the value. But for yeah. him, it's like Yarn Croak, okay? Same thing. He is not a top line first winger. He's not. But if you put him on a third line and sometimes elevate him up and down a little bit to the second line, you can get your value out of Cal Yarn Croak because he's going against lesser competition. Mm -hmm. Same thing with David Camp. You're playing him more minutes and you're trying to. Make a line work that isn't working. Nice, Camp, and Domi. It had a little bit of pop, but nothing you know, sustainable. And now he's gripping his stick too tight because he's trying to figure out how to play with these offensive guys when his bread and butter is being a defensive-style player. That's what he is. He's not an offensive guy. He'll chip in every now and then. But on the fourth line, it gives him that ability to be that guy. Slap him with Gregor, like I just said about the PK, but have him on a regular line with him too. Maybe he also allows Ryan Reeves to go out and do his thing, throw some hits. Having another defensive-minded player on that line, just kind of backing him up. If he goes and misses a big hit, at least Gregor and Camp will be there to pick him up. So, yeah, I agree with you. Moving him down to where he thrives is great. It just sucks you're paying him $2.5 million to do it. Yeah. James, what was your uh, or bad again? My bad was the penalty kick. Ah, okay. Um I don't really think I have a bad this week. I, I, I think the ugly is kind of obvious here this week. Yeah, the, the ugly is the losses and the attitude and just the, the whole demeanor. It started with the L.A. game where Keith was like, ah, let it go, throw it away, it's okay, no problem. Then it bled into the Boston game where, again, the demeanor was, ah, Lilligren got tripped, but it's all right. We'll, we'll get him next time. Don't worry about it, boys. We'll, we'll see Marchand later. That's exactly the attitude. That's, it was just like the loss. It was like, meh, doesn't really mean it. We don't need to do anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's basically the way that it felt to me. Like, they just looked at it like, meh, it's Marchand. So I've heard this quote from Leaf players. It's what he does. It's who he is. We know that. Well, then do something about it. Yeah. You know, just, just do something. Just make me happy. Knock him on his yeah. ass. That's I mean, I guess there's do. there's the argument of like that's what he wants you to do. So I mean, maybe that plays into it a little bit. But like I said earlier, I mean, I already went on a rant about this. Your response. Just do something. Come on, guys. But yeah, that's we'll the ugly. See. That's definitely. 
Yeah, my my ugly is very similar to that, and I'm just going to throw it all on Sheldon Keefe. I think he's there. The team in general has had an okay, fine start to the season, um, but I'm looking at Sheldon Keefe. I'm hearing these quotes from him, like I was expecting more. Or we need more from guys, and it's like again, I said this earlier, but like that's your job, Sheldon. Yeah. And and I just I don't know what it is this year. I've given him a lot of credit in the past for th- for how the team has been. Um, this year just feels like uh, something's missing, and I don't know what it is. Not sure, um, but I, I feel like we need more from Keith, uh, and yeah. that's that's in his role as a head coach, not uh, not anything else. I mean, he's been doing a good job, and we've talked about the video challenges this year. Like we've we've seen some stuff where he has been doing okay, but in terms of getting the guys up to go. I feel like that's at an all-time high right now of of an all-time low, I should say. An all-time low of just having yeah. the guys ready, um, having the mentality, something about the mentality is off, like you said, the attitude. And I feel like that's on – it's kind of on him. And uh, that's the biggest thing that I've been noticing this year. I, I want to kind of build off of that, that comment there. I kind of noticed that, like, it feels like he's given up in a, in a sense. Like, he's just, like – Shrugs your shoulder. Sure. Whatever. And I don't know if there's some clash with with tree living or what, but it just seems like he doesn't have as much care as he used to. And, you know, whatever's going on, obviously, we don't know. But, like, I sure as hell hope he smartens up because we need somebody to push the boys late in this season and going into the playoffs. So if he doesn't want to provide that, I'm sure tree living doesn't have a problem with firing him, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm not going to the fire boat just yet, but I think there, there definitely needs to be uh you know, a surgery done to his motivator cuff because he's not motivating anybody. Yeah. You know, he's just sitting there. Like yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like he's, he, you have the opportunity to set the tone with the Marshan situation. You have the opportunity to change the line, bench guys. You bench Bertuzzi, great for you, but there's other guys that probably should have been benched before him. But, you know, there's things that you should do. And then again, he walked back some of his comments about Bertuzzi yesterday. So, I don't know. The, the, the bite and the snarl just isn't there right now. And it's and not the really first time he's walked back comments either, James. He's walked back nope. comments before. So, so maybe know. it was on him last year that he did it on his own accord and it wasn't yeah. Dubas. But anyway... That is the ugly. That is the GBU. Hopefully we have a better one next week where the ugly is just because someone scored such a sick goal that we all got sick about it. It's crazy. But we'll see. But we'll go off the glass. The off the glass one for me this week is Patty Kane. Uh, a lot of rumors swirling about Patrick Kane. Where he may go, he's working out and doing all this stuff in Oakville. Apparently there's a meeting between some brass members of the Maple Leafs and a couple of players. See how that shakes out. The Leafs don't exactly have cap space, but I'm sure if they needed to make a deal work, they could figure it out. By <laughs> Well, I mean, if you need to find a way to fit Patty Kane on your roster and he says, hey, I want to play with you guys, what do the Leafs need right now, guys? A little bit of what? Depth scoring. And Clark, I said to you, a fun line would be Robertson, Domi, and Kane. What yeah, better well, mentor for Patty Kane? It's well, great- Patty Kane and Domi played really well together in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a good sign that they're putting Domi at center this week to kind of get that going. Uh, and maybe that's why. Who knows? And, and <laughs> let's, be, let's be really, really honest with that line. 
Pontus Holmberg is like 150% a placeholder on that line. Like, oh, yeah. that is that is not Nikki, where Nikki he's Bobby's on his way. <laughs> Nikki Bobby. Well, says that or Patrick Kane. But like, I, I really do think that Patrick Kane, if he's going to sign uh, in Toronto specifically, I think he's taken like a very low deal. I think he just wants to play one year um, I th- or even less. Like, I really think he guys made a hundred million dollars in his career. He's going to be okay. Uh, I think he'll, I think he'll is he's in a situation with his health, his age that I think he just wants to go to a spot. He thinks he has a really good shot to contribute and, and win. And I think, like you said, James, he's a, he's seems like a really nice fit there. Uh, I, I think he'd make it work if that's what he wants. So yeah, I can see him getting the ability to float a guy like Patty Kane up and down your lineup too. Uh-huh. You know, because he can play with skilled guys. So if you want to overload your power play yeah, and just say Morgan Riley's not the guy you want on there right now, <laughs> then just move one of those big guns to the point, which would be Matthews or Marner, and then you can run Ooh. Tavares, Nylander, Kane up front, right? Just run a full five. And Sheldon Keefe has done it before, yeah. five forwards on the power play. So, I mean, if you have that weapon in your at your disposal, like use it. Just use mm-hmm. it and abuse it. I mean, and he'll be a little bit fresher too because he's had some time off to heal and get perfectly healthy. So, you know, it may take him a little while to a get in the practice, b get up the rolling. But I mean, that could be just imagine, man. Nothing, one nothing more. would be better than the best American to pass it off to the next best American. All right, you were not. You're talking about Phil Kessel or Patrick King. Hey, let's get Phil Kessel back too. Kessel's yeah, he's I'll looking for it. a deal too. <laughs> I'll take Phil it. Kessel seven seventy five. Kane at one million. You get rid of Holmberg. You get rid of Reavers. You just start breaking. Reavers. Oh, we're getting rid of. We're getting rid of Reeves. I would say Yarncroak. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't talk about Yarncroak. Yarncroak makes the money work if Kessel's coming back. So hell yeah, oh man. All right, Keep all right. The iron streak rolling. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Uh, I got one for off the glass here before we move on. If if uh, that's cool, yep. uh, it also has to do with a former Blackhawk. Just came out today that another player has apparently put out a, a lawsuit on the whole brad aldrich situation for the chris beach situation yeah. i didn't get the um, deep dive on it so i didn't want to touch on it without yeah i i think it's pretty fresh and i, I i'm just going to mention it we don't have to go into it necessarily no, no. uh but it sounds like the team suppressed his complaint in that stanley cup run and so this is just going to be the chris beach thing all over again uh it doesn't look good doesn't sound good makes the blackhawks look even worse uh and so just keep your eyes on that in the next little while yeah, it's, um, it's another one of those things where I look at it and say, you docked Ottawa a first-round pick for a paper mistake, a fax mistake, and you've done nothing, nothing. of circumstance to the Chicago Blackhawks but give <laughs> them yet another generational fucking talent. I this saw a hilarious I saw a hilarious tweet. Somebody was like, well, I guess Chicago's getting Macklin Celebrini. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll be awarded Ottawa's yes. draft pick for some reason. Like yeah. the yeah. draft pick that Ottawa loses, they'll just give it to Chicago for some reason. Yeah, just dumb, dumb, dumb. Um, yeah, dumb, dumb. My off the glasses. We all knew that San Jose was bad. We all expected them to be in the basement, but we did not expect them to be that far down i cannot believe the outrageously terrible games from them like they are making the the arizona coyotes be a name 
Like it is, it is sad. It's going to be a long stretch for those San Jose fans. They, it does. They're on. They're on double retention trade deadline watch already. Like, yeah, <laughs> I could see some guys getting moved early, and they need a lot of retention because they have a lot of bad contracts right now. Yeah. But I think there's some guys that could be good. But it's not. It's not a good look. They have fallen so far from what they were for a while. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I feel bad for the goalies there, man. Mackenzie Blackwood, oh. He went there to resurrect his career. Eh, not going so hot. I forget who the other one is. Dolars, is it? Oh, oh, maybe it is. In San Jose. Um, it'll come to me. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But anyways, that is oh, all. Uh, uh, Kokkinen. Kokkinen? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kokkinen. Kokkinen. Kakkinen? Kakkinen, Kokkinen. Something. It's something in that it. one. That guy. Yeah. He was in Minnesota for a bit. Yes. Yeah, he's over there now. Oh, well, you know what? Listen, you got to be bad to get good, and that's what they're doing. So, tip the captain. They're yeah. doing it the right way. They're, they're doing it right. Very bad. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it right. All right. Yeah. The off the glass segment will be a little bit bigger as this thing rolls along. But we talked a lot about the week that was. There's a lot of meat on the bone on that one. So that took up a lot of the air today. But we're gonna do a little cow and mitten watch. Just gonna touch on these two prospects pretty much every weekend because the way that they play and the way that we like to talk about them. Easton Cowan, I just want to point out this young man so far in 10 games this season has 18 points, seven goals, 11 assists. Not looking too shabby. He's in Dylan's neck of the woods. And yeah, I want to talk about Frazier Minton because he's played two WHL games, two points, and got the C. So two players right there that I'm pretty impressed with. And uh, yeah, I want to do Cowan and Minton watch every week because obviously you want to see how these players are doing. Because I firmly believe Clark and Dylan, these two guys will be Maple Leafs next year. As long as Easton Cowan keeps progressing the way that he should, and as long as Frazier Mitten keeps growing into the player that he is, I think he will be a nice third-line player for the Maple Leafs. And Easton Cowan, we don't know exactly where he'll be, but I definitely think he'll be something the Leafs can use as well. Yeah, they're going to need cheap guys next year, cheap young guys. Uh, and I think uh, – I think with Fraser Minton getting some time already, he'll definitely be probably in the lineup next year. And I think with Cowan, you might see him kind of get nine gamed or maybe forty gamed, like like Leon Dreisaitl back in the day yep. uh, next year. But I could totally see it with the way the team is kind of, especially with Nylander's contract. If he gets renewed and they have to give him a good payday, uh, I could definitely see them going cheap and young with a couple spots next year. And those guys would be prime candidates for it. Hundred percent, Dilly. You got anything to add? Uh, just be on the watch out for what London's gonna do this year. They picked up um, last year's OHL goalie of the year, I do believe, in Mason Simpson, and I think he is from this neck of the woods. Uh, he was playing for, I think it was Guelph last year, who ended up beating them in the OHL finals and or and went on to the Memorial Cup. Um. He looks really, really good, really, really confident goalie. Um, this team is looking to make a strong, strong push uh, this year. So uh, just watch out for them. I know it's very competitive. I think it's a Western or um, division. So, yeah, it's it's very entertaining hockey. I wish I could catch more, but Friday nights I'm not always available. No, no worries. So that is – the count and Minton watch, obviously some things going on with both those players, getting some points on the board. And then, of course, Frazier Minton getting back into the dub, getting the C, two games in, two points, not two shabs. 
the last part of the show on Weekender, we do the Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior. Um, I'll save mine for last. Dilly, who is your Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior this week? My Bearded Blue Warrior this week. I'm going to go with, uh, I think last week it was this guy, so I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to I'm gonna use William Nylander. Um, this guy's staying consistent on a year that means the most to him. And um, I think it's very important, obviously, for his well-being, but um, it's, it pushes us in the right direction as well. Um, whether or not we re-sign him or not is what it is, honestly. Um, but hopefully he can help us make a great push at the end of this season. All right, all right. Clarky, who's your boxing rock, Bearded Blue Warrior? I'm going to go with Ilya Samsonov, and the reason I'm going with Sammy is because he came out a couple weeks ago and said he was having some really tough mental health struggles. Uh, he wasn't good, even though he said he was. You know, I can I can feel you there, Ilya Samsonov. I've been there. I've been down that road. I know how you feel. Um, and I think just with him coming out and having a really good game against Boston, it's a good sign uh, that you know maybe he's starting to feel how he was last year a little bit, where we all said so many good things about him last year and his strong performances. Uh, so I, I'm hoping for uh, a good kind of path for him and that he's feeling better and uh, that things are good in his world. So I'm going to go with uh, with Ilya on this one for this week. All right. Well, mine is not going to be anything to do with the Maple Leaf organization, I guess, player-wise. Mine is going to be the entire sporting world. Uh, we lost a young man named Adam Johnson uh, to a horrific injury, um, but he was not lost um, in the memories of everyone who plays any sport um, whether it be basketball, football, soccer, hockey, you name it, every single league has been touched by this story. And you saw the soccer crowd with the big banner, you know, everybody going nuts in the stadium, you know, pumping it up for him. All the different teams, you know, having a jersey night or a moment of silence. Um, same thing with basketball and lots of players reaching out and just talking about it. Um, for me, it's the sporting world as a whole because obviously – Hockey was hurting over that horrific scene that unfolded and the entire sporting world came together and showed not only their love, you know, for our game, but also for that player, his family, friends during a very tough situation. And, you know, they made it known that he is not, you know, just gone, that everyone does remember him and are celebrating his life and accomplishments and all the things that he's done and really just putting it on a world stage you know, to keep his memory going and just show support. So I love the fact that the sporting world has come together. It just sucks that it has to be over such a sad situation. But my boxing rock bearded blue warrior goes to the sporting world for showing out for Adam Johnson and, you know, his family, friends, and, and everyone that he has touched along his way through his career and life. I think yeah. That's a fitting well, that's a good note. I, uh, I on that note, I wanted to say props to the CHL, all of the leagues across for making net guards mandatory now because of the devastating injury. Well, death. Sorry, I should say. Well, this you know what? AHL as well, by the way, Sask Junior Hockey League included. There you go. Uh, the junior A leagues have also done that. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah, and you know what? Tip to the cap to the OHL and the uh, QMJHL as they are already mandatory. Yeah, I just saw. I just read that WHL joined too. Yeah, yeah. so now it's all the leagues, all yeah. the CHL leagues. But um, I liked as well the Ontario, the OHL, find a couple of teams for players not wearing their neck guards, 
and adhering to the protocol of equipment that needs to be worn. So again, another good thing that, that comes of such a horrific situation is there will be new cut guard technology. There will be, you know, this coming in from the grassroots. And I touched on this in the solo episode I did, but you bring it in on the grassroots level, it will feed its way up and be just another normal piece of equipment that everyone wears. And if you can protect your ankles, wrists, and neck, I think you uh, you should do it because it doesn't matter how cool or stupid you look. It's all about safety. Yeah. You know, your mother always told you to put a jacket on when it was cold and you thanked her because you didn't end up getting sick. Yeah. So it's a little bit of that uh, forward thinking that sometimes saves your arse in the long run. But ladies and gentlemen, this right here, this is the Leafs Weekender, and it's Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. Woo!